Girls, I'm positive that we've taken this too far. No, I'm positive this is Harvard, not a stripper bar. All this trash she's carrying on, that's the reason that he's gone. I need a salon. I just love Laura Bell Bundy and Lily Ball in the musical. I don't know if you guys were fans of the show, but I was a huge fan when it came out back in 2007, 2008, I believe, is when it was in New York City. One of my favorites, that is, of course, the song Positive, um, which Elle sings after she gets kicked out of the class at Harvard, and uh, she, she knows that Vivian, 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 and um, a.k.a. Selma Blair and uh, Warner Huntington III are an item. It's such a good show. But anyways, I was listening to listening to the soundtrack while I was in the shower today because I had a really, really stressful day. And I'm not going to go into the details of that because, you know, I'm all about positivity and I want to, you know, dwell on the negative. But everybody has a bad day and off day and that's okay because I had one. But how I recover and how I persevere is by making an incredible episode for you guys, The Mistress of Pop Culture. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. It's Andrew, a.k.a. The Mistress of Pop Culture, as I just said. Um, but anyways, I was listening to that soundtrack because show tunes always put me in good spirits and make me happy. They fill my soul with joy and happiness, given in this chaotic world we're all living in together. Um, but anyways, uh, it just, you know, bumped my spirits. So if you need some uh, wonderful show tunes to listen to, I suggest Legally Blonde, the musical soundtrack, Hamilton, Hairspray is always a content upper, a, a mood upper, um, and the likes of, you know, all the great shows. So Or West Side Story, but although West Side Story is a little bit sad, but, you know, Legally Blonde is just happy chirpy, so I don't know. But happy Friday, everybody. I hope everybody's had a really good week. It's been a really long week. Not the best week for me. Definitely uh, highs and lows. Uh, and I think we're all sort of feeling, you know, the intenseness of what's going on in the world. Politically, of course. Um, but I, of course, am referring to just some personal stuff going on. But everything's okay. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I have a healthy dog. I have a happy family and whatnot. And, you know, tough times. But everybody goes through it. So, anyways, I have four great stories for you guys today. Um... Pretty diverse stories, actually. Uh, talking about some stuff, some people that I don't actually think everybody. Every story I'm talking about today um, is a has been a participant on the show, which is really exciting. I'm having a frequency. Um, but aside from that, what else do I have to talk to you guys about? Oh, you guys, WandaVision comes out today, which I'm really excited about. I think I'm probably going to watch an episode before I go to bed. I heard the first three episodes. Um, are about an hour and 30, which is really exciting because it's a lot of content, and uh, I love Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. Um, the end of Avengers Infinity War is the saddest scene ever when Wanda has to basically kill uh, Vision and break the stone out of his head, and then Thanos comes back, turns about the time, rips out the stone, and then Wanda has to go through it twice. So I'm really excited to see what the show's all about, and I'm a huge Marvel nerd, um, and I'm really excited to see because I've heard great things about the show. So, And I love me Elizabeth Olsen. I love me some Olsons. I miss, obviously, you know, my favorite Olsons are Mary-Kate and Ashley. But, of course, they are no longer acting. They're running their fashion empire of the row and Elizabeth and James. Um, but, yeah, that's just that. Okay, let's, um, <clears throat> let's get into our stories. And then uh, I'll let you guys out for the weekend. And, uh, you know, that's that. <clears throat> okay, so first story from E! News. Mosimo Giunali requests early prison release after 56 days in solitary confinement. My gosh, the audacity. Um, obviously, Mosimo Giunali, Mosimo Giunali is the husband of Lori Laughlin, who is uh, a huge player of the college admission scandal. Lori's obviously home. I think she finished her stint 
on or a little bit after Christmas. So she's back with her kids. But I, <clears throat> I believe her husband's sentencing was a little bit longer. Mosimo, Mosimo Giannale was sentenced to five months in prison, but after 56 days of solitary, in solitary confinement, he's requesting an early release. According to court documents obtained by E! News, Lori Laughlin's husband filed an emergency motion to modify his sentence. Specifically, his lawyer asked a judge to consider allowing Mosimo to fulfill the rest of his sentence at home, citing concerns surrounding the circumstances of his detainment per his plea. Agreement reached in. Upon entering prison, Mosimo was supposed to quarantine with other minimum security prisoners, after which he'd been relocated to a minimum security camp. However, his lawyer claims that Mosimo was placed into solitary confinement, located near medium security prisoners for 24 hours a day, even after testing negative for COVID-19 multiple times. Um, Excuse me, sorry, I have a frog in my throat. During his time in solitary, Mosimo's lawyer claims he was allowed to leave his cell three times a week, to shower, but otherwise remained inside for meals. The lawyer additionally claims he was only sporadically allowed to call his family. Following 56 consecutive days put in solitary confinement, Mosimo's lawyer claims he was moved to a minimum security camp on Wednesday, Jan 13th. The lawyer describes the conditions of his detainment, quote, fundamentally unfair, writing the filing, quote, the toll on Giannale's mental, physical, and emotional well-being has been significant. Quote, each day, Mr. Giannale spent in isolation caused harm to his physical, mental, and emotional health. The document continues. Mr. Giannale respectfully submits that he serve the circumstances of his extended confinement in solitary quarantine at a cell at USP Lompoc for eight weeks, eight week, for eight weeks, constituting significantly, sufficiently extraordinary and compelling reasons to modify a sentence and order to transfer to home confinement. Mosimo's attorney argues that because he's 57 years old, um, a non-violent first-time offender and is housed at a low-security prison. His case qualifies for home confinement and would allow the Bureau of Prisons to prevent the spread of COVID. Um, Mosimo's lawyer adds that he tested positive for COVID-19 in October prior to um, confinement. Okay, I have many thoughts on this. First of all, you're in prison because you literally broke the law. So obviously you shouldn't like be in a cushy place regardless of how affluent you are because you broke the law. Although it was a blue white collar is a white is it called a white collar crime or blue collar crime? I think it's white collar. He literally cheated the system to get his kids into college and got caught and you know said some nasty stuff and now he wants to go home and be in a mansion? Like I don't think so. Now I've never been to prison and I hope I don't ever end up in prison, but if I were to go I certainly would probably be in the space of wanting to get out, of course. But people go to prison because it's punishment, and there's you're punished for doing things wrong. Now, this brings me back to Game of Thrones when Cersei Lannister was sent to prison by the Sept of Baylor because um, she was, you know, in cahoots and just doing some pretty bad stuff. But, I mean, I was Cersei Lannister's biggest fan ever, and I like justice for Cersei. Um, but, obviously, watching her suffer in prison, of course, this took place in, like, the medieval times, um, was horrifying and horrific and, like, but especially now with COVID-19 going on, I totally understand. But if he's in solitary confinement, I guess in some way he's protected from other inmates and spreading the spreading of the virus. So I don't know. I just think it's a lot to ask. And I, um, I again, I've never been to jail, so I can't understand this. But it's like, honey, you did something wrong. Like <laughs> You got to serve your time and you have to, you know. You're in jail for a reason. Like, settle down. But that's my thoughts on that. And if he gets out and gets to go home, then, hey, he's just a really lucky guy. And if not, then, you know, he's 
Nobody's above the law, and that's what we've learned this week with Donald J. Trump being impeached for the second time ever. Okay, second story of the day is actually a really sad story uh, about someone that I was actually a big fan of back in the day. Um, that is Saved by the Bell star Dustin Diamond confirms cancer battle. This is from page six. Now, I read about this uh, a little bit earlier in the week that he was uh, admitted to the hospital because he had some physical pain, but I guess now uh, the details have come out about what it actually was. <coughs> Excuse me. Dustin Diamond of Saved by the Bell fame has confirmed his cancer diagnosis just days after an emergency hospitalization. The 44-year-old actor and his team revealed a disheartening diagnosis via his official Facebook account Thursday evening. Quote, official statement from Team Dustin. It began, at this time, we can confirm that Dustin does have cancer. Dustin will disclose more information once it is available and plan, and a plan moving forward is made. Uh, the television star was hospitalized Tuesday due to widespread pain and discomfort. His family also has a history of cancer, including his mother who died of breast cancer. That's heartbreaking. Quote, we ask everyone respect Dustin's privacy during this difficult time. All positivity and prayers are appreciated, the statement concluded. Duh, Diamond first appeared as Samuel Screech Powers in 90, uh, 1988's Good Morning, Miss Bliss, about classmates at the fictional Bayside High School and continued the role through the through each iteration of uh, Save by the Bell, including Save by the Bell, the new class, um, in which he appeared as Bayside's principal. Um, the final incarnation ended in the year 2000, well before the current reboot was conceived. Most recently, he voiced a character based on himself in a 2017 episode of Adult Swim's animated series, Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. Well, this is obviously really heartbreaking news for Dustin and his family, and of course, my prayers are with him for a speedy recovery. Um, you know, he's an icon. I I so vividly remember watching him growing up, and um, it's just, it's, it's so heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, prayers up for him, and um, you know, my, my condolences to him and anyone uh, and everyone uh, enduring the pain and, and, you know, scary, murky waters that is, of course, uh, cancer. Um, okay, and then we're going to go to our, our third story of the day, which is from people, um, about two people who were an iconic couple back in the day, that is Ben Affleck, reflects on Jennifer Lopez's romance, quote, people were so effing mean, sexist, and racist. This is from People Magazine. Um, ben Affleck doesn't have fond memories of how then-girlfriend Jennifer Lopez was treated in the past. The actor appears on The Hollywood Reporter's latest Chatter podcast episode to talk about the movie The Way Back. In the wide-ranging conversation, Affleck 48 also opened up about the attention to his relationship and eventual engagement to Lopez 51 and how much of it was negative towards the actress and singer um, and icon. Quote, people were so effing mean about her. Sexist, racist, um... Sorry, the article jumped. Ugly, vicious, vicious uh, shit was written about her in ways that if you were to now, you would literally be fired for saying those things you said, Affleck said during the podcast. Quote, now it's like she's lionized and respected for the work she did, where she came from, and what she accomplished, as well as she, I think, should be. I would say you have a better shot coming from the Bronx of ending up like Justice Sonia Sotomayor on the Supreme Court than you do of having Jennifer Lopez's career and being who she is at 50 years old today. Added Affleck, quote, you know, there's always a story of the month. And me, Danny Jennifer Lopez, happened to be the tabloid story at the time when the business grew exponentially. Still, to this day, some will go, I see you out there in the paparazzi in the pictures. It's like, yes, I left my house and took out the trash. It's not like I'm trying to. It is still like you are taking a pop walk. As if you leave your house, 
you're only doing so in the hope that you get so lucky that you could end up as the sixth item in the Daily Mail's It's Absurd after celebrating their relationship. In her Jenny Phone Block music video, Lopez and Affleck got engaged in 2002, postponed their 2003 wedding days before they were set to walk down the aisle, and officially split by Jan 2004. Um, when J-Lo and Ben dated Benifer, or Ben Lopez, I don't even remember what their like celebrity couple of name was, but it was iconic. Um, I love them together. But it's really great that he's you know defending her and pretty much acknowledging that what was said about her back in the day was horrible, 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 which of course it was. Jail's an icon. She's never one of my house. I mean, the movie The Boy Next Door, Monster in Law with, um, you know, that incredible cast. Uh, love her. Um, and I love him too. And I love Ben Affleck's relationship with Anna um, de Armas, who of course is an icon from Knives Out. And I can't wait for the sequel. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit... Benefer, I think that's what it was. Benefer. Ooh, I love, I love me some Benefer. Um, now let's see. What was the last story I had picked out for everyone today? Oh, yes, this is a really exciting story. Let me f- pull it up for you. It's from page six. It's about someone who I love and I'm obsessed with, and that's obviously Chris Evans, Captain America himself. <laughs> Uh, let me just pull the story here. This is, like, so unprofessional of me. Like, so sorry about that. But it is the end of the week, so I am a bit tired. Okay, here is the story. So, page six via New York Post. Um, which is really interesting that they do that, but I get it. Chris Evans reportedly in talks to reprise Captain America role. Oh, I love Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. Actually, my favorite role of Chris Evans was, um, his iconic role in that movie. Um, not another team movie. I, f- I forget what his character's name was, but he was an icon in it. And, um... Priscilla Presley was in it. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and what will likely come as a shock to fans, insiders say that Chris Evans is preparing to once again play Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America, a.k.a. Cap, um, in an upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe film. The actor, 39, is rumored to be reprising the role in at least one upcoming Marvel movie, with a potential for two, sources told Deadline. Marvel did not respond to the publication's request for comment, obviously. Deadline, um, Marvel's super hush-hush about their secrets and success. The film likely would not focus on Captain America's own storyline, instead featuring the character, the insiders added. However, in a three-word tweet Thursday afternoon, Evans himself threw cold water on the scoop, writing simply, news to me, alongside a shrugging emoji. Ooh, Chris Evans giving his fans a little, uh, you know, confusion. Uh, the development comes after Evans formally hung up his star-spangled superhero costume in 2019's Avengers Endgame at the end of the film. He makes the gesture of passing Captain America's shield to Falcon, Anthony Mackie, who presumably takes over the title. It relieves Steve of his alter ego. Despite the seemingly cut-and-dried sunsetting of the character, Marvel is known for finding ways to continue a character storyline no matter how blunt or apparent death or retirement. So the news isn't entirely unprecedented. Evans has continued to make headlines through quarantine, most recently when Arnold Schwarzenegger mistook his son-in-law, Chris Pratt, for Evans while appearing on Pratt's Greater Good Instagram telethon. So funny. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge Captain America fan, and I love Chris Evans. He's also a uh, Boston boy, which, you know, is great to see, uh, you know, some fellow Bostonians crushing it in Hollywood. Um... And Steve Rogers is one of my favorites. He's, you know, him, Tony Stark are pretty much my icons. Um, so I would love to see it as a Marvel freak and fan, <laughs> but that's just me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into the Mistress of Pop Culture. I am Andrew Dimitri. I express my gratitude to you, as always, for tuning in and listening. I love doing this. It is my favorite job ever. You can stream or check out my podcast, download it, play it, or um, 
Skip it if you want on Apple, Spotify, Castbox Radio, Google Podcasts, iTunes, the podcast app on the iPhone, basically anywhere where podcasts stream. Uh, be safe, everybody. Wear your mask, wash your hands, and thank you again to the frontline workers who are helping and saving lives during this crazy tumultuous time. Um, what else do I have to share with you guys? Nothing much. I hope you guys are all going into a good weekend. I myself don't really have any plans this weekend because I'm going to stay home and get safe, get a COVID test, um, and just stay indoors. And I'm almost halfway through season 6a of the sopranos and i'm really going as slow as i can because when i'm done with the sopranos it's literally over and then there can't be any other iteration although there was an article about the um saints of newark the early saints of newark which is sort of a early iteration of what went on the sopranos and james gandolfini's son is going to play young tony soprano which is incredible but that's just me all right everybody take care have a great weekend bye